Okay, question 43. I'll read the question. We can say the answer together. What are the sacraments or ordinances? The sacraments or ordinances given by God and instituted by Christ, namely baptism and the Lord's Supper, are visible signs and seals that we are bound together as a community of faith by His death and resurrection. By our use of them, the Holy Spirit more fully declares and seals the promises of the gospel to us. Question 44. What is baptism? Baptism is the washing with water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It signifies and seals our adoption into Christ, our cleansing from sin, and our commitment to belong to the Lord and to His church. And now 45. Is baptism with water the washing away of sin itself? No. Only the blood of Christ and the renewal of the Holy Spirit can cleanse us from sin. So let's take that off now and find out if we've got any kiddos that have memorized this. None? Okay. That's a big gum day. Okay, we're going to start here and just start moving down. Young lady, is baptism with water the washing away of sin itself? No, only the blood of Christ cleanses us from sin. Question 45. You know what, Avery? I just realized I taught you that one wrong. Yeah. Remember I was telling you it is not can cleanse, it cleanses us? That's what I said. I know, that's what you said. But you were right. It was can cleanse. Yeah, either way, you did a good job. Okay. Um, Evelyn, Penny, is baptism with water the washing away of sin itself? No, only the blood of Christ. Okay, is bap- Colton, is baptism with water the washing away of sin itself? <laughs> he was looking at the gum the whole time. Okay, Miles, is baptism with water the washing away of sin itself? Okay, Mason, is baptism with water the washing away of sin itself? Yeah, saved Logan. Okay, Sam, is baptism with water the washing away of sin itself? Nice. Caleb, is baptism with water the washing away of sin itself? Olivia, is baptism with water the washing away of sin itself? Okay, let's hear it, Hunter. Is baptism with water the washing away of sin itself? Perfect, here we go. <laughs> like his brother. <laughs> Anyone else? Greedy, all right. Is baptism with water the washing away of sin itself? Nice job, buddy. 
<laughs> okay, is that a wrap? Okay. Oh, Titus, is baptism with water the washing away of sin itself? No, thanks. Okay. All right, Blaze, is baptism with water the washing away of sin itself? All right, let's say it together. Is baptism with water the washing away of sin itself? No. Only the blood of Christ and the renewal of the Holy Spirit can cleanse us from sin. Okay, so that was sacrament number one. There are two sacraments, ceremonies that point to something deeper spiritually. Physical realities that point to spiritual realities. There are two, baptism and the Lord's Supper. What is the Lord's Supper? Let's say it together. Christ commanded all Christians to eat bread and to drink from the cup in thankful remembrance of Him and His death. The Lord's Supper is a celebration of the presence of God in our midst bringing us into communion with God and with one another, feeding and nourishing our souls. It also anticipates the day when we will eat and drink with Christ in His Father's kingdom. So let me read you two scriptures. One we read every Sunday here. That's the second one. That's Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 11. But first... Here is Luke chapter 22. This was the first supper. And when the hour came, he reclined at table, that is, Jesus, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. So that is the institution of the Lord's Supper. And then Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 and following. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So we have baptism and now communion. Communion is how we typically refer to it here, or the Lord's Supper. Both commanded by God both instituted by Jesus. Baptism is the first sacrament or ordinance. Then communion, 
through baptism and communion, people are affirmed by other believers as believers. Baptism is the initial public commitment, going public with your faith. It is a commitment to Christ and to His people. And then communion is the renewing of that commitment. You've heard us describe it as baptism is the front door into God's family, a sign of it. And then communion is us gathering around the dinner table. Communion is an ordinance, a sacrament, a memorial, a proclamation. It is a church revealing, reveals to us who the church is. It is a covenant renewal. It is a family meal. These are all different ways that we might refer to the Lord's Supper. Public commitment to Christ and one another revealed and renewed. So let me give you this definition. This is from a little book that Bobby Jameson wrote. He wrote one on this and one on baptism. And here is his definition of the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is a church's act of communing with Christ and each other and of commemorating Christ's death by partaking of bread and wine, and a believer's act of receiving Christ's benefits and renewing his or her commitment to Christ and his people and marking it off from the world. Now, as I said, we typically call the Lord's Supper communion or Holy Communion. And you see why, actually, in the answer to question 46, in the fifth line, you see the word communion. Because that is another way of describing what we're doing in that time. Communion, community. We are communing, fellowshipping with Christ and with one another during communion. Listen to what Richard Baxter says. He gets more specific about how we are communing with God through the Lord's Supper. Oh, what unspeakable mysteries and treasures of mercy are here presented to us in a sacrament. Here we have communion with a reconciled God and are brought into His presence by the great Reconciler. Here we have communion with our blessed Redeemer as crucified and glorified and offered to us as our quickening, preserving, strengthening head. Here we have communion with the Holy Ghost, applying to our souls the benefits of redemption, drawing us to the Son and communicating light and life and strength from Him unto us, increasing and actuating His graces in us. So there he described communion with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And also, here we have communion with the body of Christ, His sanctified people, the heirs of life. So it's an ordinance. Christ commanded this. He told us how to do this, to eat bread and to drink from the cup. It is a memorial. We should be remembering what Jesus did in thankful remembrance of Him and specifically His death. The Lord's Supper is a celebration of the presence of God 
in our midst. So let me read to you something. This is from Ligon Duncan. And he, uh, he comments on this part of the question. That when we take the Lord's Supper, that we are celebrating God's presence. So think about this. Isn't it amazing that we're invited to slide our knees up under the table of God? That is especially amazing in light of our rebellion. In Genesis 3, Satan said to Eve and to Adam, take and eat this fruit. You remember that? Remember that phrase, take and eat. Take and eat this fruit. They ate the fruit against God's command, and what was the result? Did it result in their satisfaction and fulfillment? No. It resulted in their being driven away from the presence of God. But at the Lord's table, the Lord Himself invites us back into His presence. When Jesus says to His disciples, what does He say? Take and eat. When He says take and eat, He reverses the words of the serpent in the garden. Derek Kidner has this wonderful line. God will taste poverty and death before take and eat become verbs of salvation. So in the garden, those ended up being terms of condemnation, separating them from God. And in the garden, Jesus would have to taste poverty and death before take and eat became a good thing, before it became, they became verbs of salvation. So, the Lord's Supper is a celebration of the presence of God in our midst, that, that we can be in His presence, bringing us into communion with God and with one another, right? Christ in His body, Christ in His body, whether it's baptism, communion, uh, fellowship, worship. You cannot separate the head from the body. Okay? You can't have Christ and not the church. You can't have the church and not Christ. Always connected. So to be into communion with one is to be in communion with the other. Feeding and nourishing our souls. How is taking communion feeding and nourishing our souls? It's not feeding and nourishing our bodies, right? It's not a snack. If it was, it's a pretty lame snack. It's not enough, right? It's not enough. We've found kids afterwards like rifling through the communion bread here because they're hungry. Not good. We've addressed it. But this is feeding and nourishing our souls. So how does this little piece of bread in this cup, how does it nourish our souls? So again, I was helped by Ligon Duncan. The Lord's Supper is spiritual nourishment. It is a means of grace. Some of you have heard that term. A means of grace. The, the ways or the avenues through which God... Uh, loves us and helps us and favors us, gives us His grace. There are different means of that, and this is one of them. It's one of God's appointed ways by which He builds us up and nourishes us, confirms our faith, and strengthens us for growth. And the Lord's Supper is in anticipation of the glory to come. This is this last part. It also anticipates the day when we will eat and drink with Christ in His Father's kingdom. 
Jesus washed his disciples' feet on the night that he was betrayed, and he served them the elements of the Lord's Supper. Interestingly, when Jesus speaks of the marriage supper of the Lamb in consummation, Luke 12, 37, in glory, when the great end has come and all have acknowledged him to be king, he says that on that day he will bid us all to recline, just like the disciples reclined on the night of the Lord's Supper, and he will gird himself and serve us. So you have the, the first supper with Jesus and the apostles, and now you have us reenacting that, you have us repeating that, you have us practicing the Lord's Supper and communion every single here, every single week when we gather, and it's all looking forward to another supper, another meal, when we will be literally back at a table with Jesus, seeing him face to face in the new heavens and the new earth. In conclusion, he writes, yes, in the Lord's Supper, we anticipate the marriage supper of the Lamb, where we will sit down with one another in glory, and our Savior will serve us again everything that we need. What a joy it is to come to the Lord's table. Okay, let's say it one more time together. This is one of those ones, big difference for kids and older, right? Question 46, what is the Lord's Supper? Say it with me. Christ commanded all Christians to eat bread and to drink from the cup in thankful remembrance of him and his death. The Lord's Supper is a celebration of the presence of God in our midst, bringing us into communion with God and with one another feeding and nourishing our souls. It also anticipates the day when we will eat and drink with Christ in His Father's kingdom. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for giving us ways to remember and proclaim the gospel. We thank you for communion. And we thank you for your perfect design where we can nearly with every single one of the senses that you've given us be uh, reminded and hopefully have our hearts ignited with love for you. We pray that would happen today. Bless us now as we continue to fellowship and prepare for uh, worshiping you with your family here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.